welcome, welcome, welcome to Knights of the Roll Table. This is season five, episode zero. Oh. Hey, season five. Oh my gosh, you guys. Wow. Um, it's hard to so, believe we've been doing this for five years. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> the, the show is going to kindergarten. It's next a little year. over two years, if you can believe that. Because we have that. short seasons. And my name is Chris Daly, and I will be DMing season five. Uh, you might know me from previous hits as season two or Gravely. <laughs> um, and I don't have the whole cast with me because of reasons which I'll explain in just a few minutes. But let me introduce who is virtually with me in the room. On my virtual left, we have Jeff Frank. Hey, everybody. It's me, Jeff Frank. On my virtual right, we have Matt Messerman. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt. <laughs> and Zach and Jen and Carlos are not here because they are going to be playing characters in season five that we've already seen and or heard before. And you've seen them if you went to the Instagram to see all of the amazing artwork of the characters. But if you um, have not, you should do that. Um, so... Jeff and Matt are going to be playing brand new characters for season five. I got to play two new characters mm. last season in season four that Jeff DM. By the way, uh, another golf clap round of applause for Jeff. You did a great job, and uh, it's just, it was so much fun. And uh, you guys are the you guys are the real stars. It's going to be a tough act <laughs> to follow to do a, a double party <laughs> continuous campaign. That was we're doing three. Yeah, I'm doing it. We need to stop the one up. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, Season 12 could not be 34. uh, No, no. PC characters (laughs) against each other. Um, Yeah, so we're going to, this is going to be hopefully a fun season. It's going to be a little different with themes. But first of all, let's just talk about what a session zero is if you're listening to this for the first time, if this is your first episode for some reason, um, welcome. And what a session zero is and why it's important, we've talked about this uh, before in previous session zeros for our seasons, is it's sort of a setting up the ground rules for how your group can play together, uh, things that everyone is comfortable with, things that are important to bring to the table in terms of gameplay, in terms of rules, in terms of what your players want to play. Um, And it's also good to establish some real world kind of boundaries. Like if, if somebody's uncomfortable with something at the table, because everybody's got maybe some triggers or, or things that they might be sensitive about in their past, uh, you should have a way of identifying that some people use an X card. Some people just throw up a big X on the screen. If they're doing it on zoom, uh, some people say, Hey, that's, that's not cool, man. You should, you should let's, let's veer off from that. However you feel is comfortable Um, especially if you've never played with these people before and you've met up on discord or whatever, and you need to establish some rules, you should have a session zero. So previous session zeros that we've had, we've talked about what do we want to do, um, in the current campaign, you know, like we want to have, like, I I made the mistake of saying, I want more shopping episodes for season three. And Jeff gave us... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> half an hour list of things you can buy, which was awesome. So <laughs> we definitely did some shopping. We shopped for corn. <laughs> we shopped for almonds. <laughs> we shopped for all kinds of stuff. And that was great. In season four, we had a episode specifically talking about ancestry and uh, backgrounds because there was a an important um, PDF uh, supplement that came out that um, we felt really strongly about kind of incorporating 
the instead of using the term race, uh, we wanted to kind of embrace using sort of what Pathfinder has already done. Some other gaming systems have already done. Instead of saying like, what race are you? We were saying, what, what ancestry are you? So, and you can have uh, a character that has a certain ancestry and a certain uh, class, a certain background. Maybe you're an orc that, that grew up with halflings or in the case of Igneous, who Zach played, he was a Phoenix born, which is kind of a, yeah, he was in, in the, in, grew up in the fire realm and he had a different culture. So ancestry and culture. Yeah. So this season, our session zero for this season is we're going to talk, we're going to kind of go over coming up with a, a character and creating new characters and kind of creating a shared backstory for players that will be playing together. So with, with Matt and Jeff, we're going to go through what their new characters are. We're going to talk a little bit about um, their abilities. We're going to do some mechanics kind of reviewing. I like to, as a DM, go through the character abilities with them, especially since we're starting at level nine. It's a little bit higher level. So there's a lot of little things they can do. And we tend to homebrew some stuff. So we want to make sure everybody's on the same page. I I remember just to already divert your uh, thing here. I remember one of the early times I was playing D&D, I was jumping into a group that had that had been playing for years with the same group of people. And they were like, yeah, come and join us. And I think I had to make like a level 14 character. Oh, geez. And I hadn't played on 3.5 before. And 3.5 was not easy Yeah, to make a level one character. Yeah. And I think we spent the first session zero was just helping me figure out <laughs> like, and rolling. Yeah. Cause you had to roll skills like every yeah. time. And it was just like, it took, it took f- five it was hours like a calculus test car- yeah <laughs> it really was and like by the time i was done like with the character sheet it was just it was crazy yeah um but you know it's a lot easier but certainly for starting here at level nine even mm-hmm. you know i think we're all pretty experienced in this game and it is still like oh yeah and this and let's see i'd have to add that on so yeah it's a it's an experience yeah well two things uh, and that's a great point Jeff, because there's there's two things I want to kind of mention about that. Is one, there's a lot of people that have played D and D for a long time that might be a little gatekeepery about, you know, well, three point five is way better, or four, you know, edition four, and one, those people are jerks and they should not. It, anybody can play this game, and it's meant for everybody, any age, any gender, any any gender preference, uh, any. Um, background, any ancestry, <laughs> any culture. So it's welcome to anyone and no one should not play because they, 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 you know, the people that have been playing for a while are like, well, it's too easy now, you know? And I, I think that's ridiculous. Great. Um, if you find it too easy, homebrew your own campaign. That's harder. Yeah. There, yeah. There's other games. And, and look, if you want to play a game that's that's heavy in mechanics and you want to play 3.5 or you want to play Pathfinder or whatever, that's fine. Just, you know, find people that that want to play that. One nice thing about 5th edition specifically is they made it I want to say less about the statistics because there are many things to do with math, but they made it easier sure. I think for people to get into and now there's also 
with apps and, and tons of websites that people have made. There's so many oh, ways yeah. to easily help you kind of through that process that can hold your hand. You know, there's easy character builders. There's things that'll just do it for you. If you say like, make me a character that's level eight and it'll just do it for you. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of ways it's, it's much easier to get into now, I think. And I know when I was, when I was first starting, it was, it was a little intimidating, but, but I had people that would help me. So some of the things are so like unnecessarily redundant, like doing, adding your skills and then like recalculating all these things at every level, like the way that they've collapsed those things down into proficiency, advantage and disadvantage is like fantastic. It's so much, so much more sure, streamlined. Yeah. I mean, the first time I ever played D&D, &D, I, I made my character up in Lotus Notes. So <laughs> I'll tell you how long ago that was. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> Well, so uh, let's get started reviewing some of our characters today. So, Jeff, why don't we start with you? We okay. You're going to be playing a new character. The, the last character you actually played that was new was, I believe, in season two, which was Massimo Lionheart, aka Bart the Big Bart. <laughs> yes, because uh, you played XX Bloody Heart in season three again. He kind of came back briefly, and uh huh. And uh, you know, as a little bit of a curiosity um in season four and spoilers if you have not listened to season four uh some of the party uh from caster city found in the red wizard's tower some of the items and in inventory from xx bloody heart uh mm -hmm. so you kind of left me a dangling thread there because we don't know what happened to him and you're no longer dming so uh, i'm just wondering you don't have to tell me like if you, did you have an idea of what happened to him or is that kind of open to interpretation or um what 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 should I do with that? <laughs> uh I leave it to my creative predecessors okay. and to the fans to speculate. Okay. All right. That's that's kind of what I was hoping is that we would it was sort of like a little carrot and you can be like, take take this and run with it. <laughs> exactly. I I wanted something that if you if if any of that made sense to you guys, which it did, but if it also made sense to anybody who was listening along, hopefully it kind of uh, could pique some curiosity. This mm -hmm. was my intention. Where that goes is it's out of my hands. Yeah, it's it's certainly made a couple of hearts skip. And you're like, oh no, <laughs> what does that mean? And and we didn't get sort of an unanswered question. So, so Jeff, tell us the name of your new character. Uh, what is their ancestry and culture? What is their class? And we'll kind of go through a little bit from them. All right. So my character's name is Theodore Clovenshep of Clan Malthu, and he is of Orcish ancestry, but has more of a human type of culture more uh centered around the human way of life and he is going to be a druid and i'm designing them around being a summoner so someone who is instead of doing the druid thing of becoming an animal i had the idea to um 
I really wanted to try and see how much I could do summoning creatures to fight for him as opposed to changing this. So I wanted to see if I could do something around that. So uh, a druid summoner. Nice. That's awesome. And and just to be clear, you said orc, not half orc. Yes. So like full orc. Full okay. orc. Um, he's uh, not very strong. I didn't take the cultural parts of the orcish um of the orcish culture um i don't know if we want to dive into backstory now but not quite yet so like the ancestry stuff like with a i assume orcs have like a plus two to strength or something you didn't take that that's what you're saying right so i didn't take any of that of that stuff he they they have some they have some certain abilities because they are orcs ah, like right so like his size like he is a, a very tall person has the uh the um teeth that uh tusks yeah the tusks that protrude um is very tall not very strong in particular um and that that comes mainly mainly from his background he didn't come from being a um a fighter but he's a shepherd by trade and what what does he look like what what is his kind of does he wear robes or uh uh skins or does he have a staff or like what 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 do you see him as Uh, well he definitely his main weapon that he has is a uh, like a shepherd's crook right the the long stick with yeah. uh, uh the hook on the end big hook on it yeah okay. um is just a tool that he you know has has used and is now part of that um definitely a his armor you know he it's very kind of crafted together it's made from hides from animal hides so he has a, a hide armor and um Obviously, like super natural, obviously natural materials, but is also handmade. He is able to make his own things. He he enjoys making his um, background as a as a clan crafter, a clan craftsman, um, which comes mm-hmm. from his upbringing, uh, being in this in his orcish tribe and um, being a shepherd. He would have been making all of his tools and making the things that he would need while he's out tending his herd and, and all of those things. So it's definitely a homemade look that he has to him in his clothes. Very simple and homemade. So he sounds very like much live off the land. We appreciate what the land is giving to us and we give it back and that, that kind of thing. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll talk more about his backstory in a minute, Matt, let's talk about your character. Uh, So my character's name is, (laughs) My daughter came up with this one. Uh, Melbin okay. Gelrod. Not Melvin, but Melbin with a B. Gelrod. <laughs> Melbin. Yep. All right. He is a, a human paladin. Um, I have never played either of those things in all my years. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Never played a human and I've never played a paladin. <laughs> so it'll be. Did you take the human variant? No, I just went with the straight across the board. Give Ooh. me the plus ones to everything. Okay. It's trying to go. Okay. It's trying to go like old school, even though it's not old school for me. This is, this is v- vanilla, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, well, so okay, tell us more. So, uh, looks wise, he's like five eleven. He's younger. He's like twenty six. Um, uh, blue eyes, dirty blonde hair. Yeah. Kind of your typical looking. What you would expect <laughs> of that. Uh, background okay. wise, uh, he's very much a, a human. Right, like culturally, he's human. His background is City Watch, um, but uh, I have him not. Uh, that that is his like before he became a paladin life in my mind. 
Like one day he saw a really nice sunset and decided to devote his life to truth and beauty. Uh, so like <laughs> down that path. <laughs> now, are you going to play him as, as like a, like an overly valiant, like Dudley Do-Right kind of guy. Like he's always kind of like, ha like, yeah, or that's is actually he, almost his voice. <laughs> or is he kind of like, has he seen the cracks and in, in the system, like, like, like Captain America and Winter Soldier, like where he's sort of like, now he doesn't trust things. Like, is it like at what stage in his, I think he's kind of transitioning from one of, from the Dudley Do-Right to the more jaded. The way I have him is he was sort of like a lawful neutral character when he was city watch and he's slowly transitioning to more like neutral good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which isn't a huge transition, but I trust the law. Judy hops at the end good. of Zootopia. <laughs> yes. Um, Instead of Judy hops at the beginning of Zootopia. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and for all of our <laughs> Disney fans out there. Stay yeah, tuned I, for our uh, dads on kids movies podcast. <laughs> companion yes, piece yes. for this. <laughs> oh, let's do that. I would, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> I can't start another podcast. <laughs> It'll be Jeff and I, and you can guest. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll just executive produce. Um, okay. Uh, that's That sounds awesome. So we have a human paladin and a orc, uh, an orc raised by humans. Uh, uh, I almost said rogue. Druid. Yeah. An orc raised by humans. Druid. Okay. Oh, just, and, so, for, and for Gelbin, or Melbourne, rather. <clears throat> Melbourne. For Melbourne, I went with Oath of the Ancients, which is more of a nature, a naturey paladin, because uh, he's got like nature's okay. wrath and all that stuff. Okay, so the, so they're both kind of, they're both kind of nature based, yeah. which is interesting too. So maybe they know each other. I haven't really done much backstory wise with this guy. Well, they, bumped they into they each do, other so. in um, nature. <laughs> Did you guys think of? where in the world or like a realm that you might be from or are you kind of open to suggestions there um for melbourne i thought he'd probably be in one of the larger cities but i'm not really tied to anything uh, i figured okay. that would be a good thing to discuss here yeah perfect yeah i think um theo's um tribe was you know nomadic in nature um maybe in kind of open grasslandish area um but you know not you know what i don't know where that makes makes sense geographically on our map right if no. it's south or north or whatever mm-hmm. but um kind of in a, a the in in the plains as it were okay in the plains sure yeah i i can look at our our world map that we're sort of slowly building that i think will become a little bit more revealed this season maybe mm. And, um, uh, and, and we'll give you a suggestion of like where specifically you're from. I don't think it might not come into play immediately, but, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Um, but I'll, I'll keep him, keep, give you a couple options and then you and you and I can kind of decide that, um, offline, Jeff. Sure. So, um, let's talk about backstory. So Jeff came up with some, backstory for Theo and, and, um, I have an idea of how you guys met, um, with a shared acquaintance. Jeff, do you want to share kind of what you kind of a, a brief synopsis of kind of what you came up with, with Theo? Cause there's a lot. Yeah. So he grew up in a Orcish tribe and was, you know, trained to be a 
shepherd and to take care of the uh, sheep and buffalo and goats and all the different animals that they tended to. Um, he really enjoyed his specialty was in animal healing and to like help animals. And so that's a little bit where that Druid nature connection, you know, being out in these open fields, having to camp along with the herds that he would be moving from place to place. Um, yeah. what kind of, uh, sparked his, uh, him leaving his tribe was that one day there was a sheep that was born that had wool that was metallic and prickly and almost as if it were made of steel. And it was such a strange thing. And when the clan found out about it, um, you know, whenever there would be animals that wouldn't survive or would be, uh, you know, to end the suffering of a, of a lifelong creature, if these were born, they would, you know, euthanize them. And so the clan had said, you have to, you have to euthanize this, this abomination. This isn't right. Um, but Theo was, you know, insistent on that not happening. Um, and so left it the, in the middle of the night with this sheep. And so he's been traveling along with his sheep, uh, which he named, uh, Rebecca with two K's (laughs) and an A-H. It's very, very biblical. (laughs) Rebecca. Rebecca. That's how they say Rebecca. (laughs) And so, um, He's been uh, wandering uh, since then. He uh, was able to use his knowledge of medicine and his to channel his n- nature. Druidic ability. Yeah, yeah. to um, uh, to kind of help people out and to kind of join adventuring parties and, and help them out. Um, he was always a little more interested in that than I think his... Uh, orcish upbringing culture, which is, I think, why he was, he's not like, he wasn't banished, but he was like, I'm out of here, you know, whatever, mom, yeah. I'm moving out. You guys just don't get me. <laughs> I'm not like you, man. Um, was he, did he ever learn from another druid or anybody teach him some of, some of the druid, you know, abilities? Um, I don't think anybody outside of his, I mean, maybe out of his, Maybe there was some people in his clan that um, oh, yeah. knew about yeah. that, or and or or maybe there was somebody in um, that he met in his uh, adventuring life. Mm-hmm. Um, Has he ever been with a party before? Because you are at level nine, so yeah. I I think what he what he would have done, and what his kind of bigger kind of quest is, is he wants to try and find somebody who will like record knowledge of this sheep he like he feels like it's such an unusual thing to have happened that like he wants it in an encyclopedia or a an almanac or something like there's something like somebody needs to see this to know that it's important but he hasn't really ran into anybody like that so i think he's kind of um been adventuring with people to travel but also to meet people who are powerful also to meet people who are smarter than he is and more Mm -hmm. um you know have different backgrounds and access to things that you know he that can help him on getting rebecca noted by the scientific community yeah yeah sounds like he's kind of like he realizes well i can't i shouldn't go alone (laughs) yeah it's better to travel with other people yeah I'm not really a, a leader. Is he a leader? 
Is he? He's more of a follower, <laughs> but he's a shepherd, so he's kind of a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, like he's comfortable leading animals and healing animals, but like, you know, if there's like a big crowd of people, it's like, oh, oh yeah, I sure. I don't know how to navigate like city life. Like, how do you ask? But he kind of uses. He kind of travels along with the other with another party and yeah helps out because he knows he can help with healing and and with with magic yeah and, and I like think that. that's been part of his like what has made people want to um have him join is he does have uh, a good amount of healing knowledge I took a feat for uh for um that too um mm-hmm. to give him a boost on um healing. So yeah. I, and then FYI, just mechanically, I allowed Jeff and Matt's characters to have one feet. Um, I think, Jeff, you foregoed the ability score increase at level four and level eight to take other feats. Is that right? Uh, so I, I didn't take any feats for the human variant. I, oh, okay. I or yeah, I didn't take any abilities. The plus one on each. Yeah, the, the human. Variant yeah, so gets I, one, so I just, just have two feet. So I have the the one that you said that we could have and then the starting one. Oh. Gotcha. Okay. Understood. All right. So you did so your normal sense. ability score uh, increase at four and eight. I did. Yes. Cause, cause yeah, okay. I, did, yeah, I didn't cause roll human... great. He's <laughs> pretty average. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty average. Uh, human, human variant starts with a feat. I think they, they uh-huh. kind of like get a feat right from the beginning. Yeah. So that that's kind of cool about the human variant. Um, whereas the regular human, which we'll find out from Matt, um, kind of has a lot of plus ones to everything. So he's kind of a little bit of a well-rounded, you know, bonus to begin with, but it sort of depends on how you roll. So, um, and we rolled these characters, roll 46, drop the lowest, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a popular way. We always roll our characters like that. Um, so that's cool. So as far as Theo's getting into the knights. Um, so I told Jeff and Matt that these characters would already be knights of the realm um, to kind of skip ahead and, you know, not have to go through like the whole like induction, like what is this and who, who are these people? And like, uh, like, like at this point in season five, we know who they are. We've already, we've already seen kind of the, the mysterious process. We've seen like what they have to do to become a knight. Now we've seen what they have to do to trust each other with season four. And we've seen the kind of greater threat that the world is facing with with all of these um, all of these usurpers, all of these despots that are that are. And um, I've been, by the way, maybe you can guys can help me. I've been trying to brainstorm a term for all of the evil rulers. I don't want to call them. They're not going to call themselves the evil rulers. And we're assuming that they're all members of the Platinum Syndicate. But what what are they kind of what are they referred to? What are they? What do they call themselves? Are they the, are they despots? Are they like? Do they call themselves uh, supreme rulers? Su- rulers, yeah, um, supreme rulers, chancellors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, chancellor. <laughs> I know, but then you have somebody like Gohol the Brutal, who is a big brutal, you know, ifrit, and then you have somebody like Captain Dropoff, who from from season three, who was kind of almost about to take over that the realm of Popolona. So yeah, I was trying to think of like a good term for like, what would these villains call each other? What if they just you know? think they're they're? I mean, I assume they all think that they're they're better than everyone because that seems in line with everyone we've met so far. Uh, maybe they just call each other the elites. <laughs> oh, that's good. The new world order, the new realms <laughs> order. NWO. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> God. I would um, love that. 
Cause, cause that, that's nice because it could be something that it could be something that has sort of passed through to the common folk. Like, Oh, the elites that the, the elite that is in charge of this realm is so-and-so, but then like they refer to each other as um, some, you know, cause we, I think we've established in continuity that they're competing with each other to become, um, <coughs> become the winner of the hunger games or the, <laughs> of the winner of the, <laughs> of this mysterious platinum syndicate um contest that is happening so yeah so i might have them refer to each other as candidates oh i like that mm, that's <laughs> nice I like that yeah because it seems like the platinum syndicate as a organization is not well known uh mm-hmm. to the because we didn't all immediately go aha the platinum syndicate you know yeah. as it's come up um, but yeah, I could see, so I could see something like the elites being what the, the people call them and then candidates being what they call themselves. But then of course their actual organization yeah. is planned as platinum syndicate. Yeah. I, like I didn't want to kept, keep saying like, well, what are all the other evil rulers of the realm? <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's a big mouthful. All right. So the elites, that's great. So at some point, um, Theo and Melbourne become knights and Jeff, you actually had a suggestion of somebody named... Anastasia, mm-hmm. uh, who I uh, I kind of added in that she was a uh, she was an elven sorcerer, and she found both of you kind of in journey, and she already had some other people with her, and uh, throughout throughout the journey, I think she probably found Theo first kind of on the road uh, as you know he was traveling and he was able to help he's sort of like offered to help and she saw him and and saw his talent and raw talent and and said hey why don't you travel with us you already have some abilities and and after seeing a couple of events and sort of he he just continued to help out that you know he she inducted him into the knights as far as melbourne i think it was a little bit more like melbourne wanted to go with them and she was like eh, it's okay you should protect like you have an ability to stay here like maybe they were in they were in a city and and he was able to like get in there and like prove his worth and then he was eventually was like okay you can come with us like it's dangerous um but but you should come i can see that so uh so and and the idea that i have with melbourne if it's okay with you matt is that you're actually from that maybe you were the city watch in Valentrell, which is where okay. uh, some of the season will take place. So it's a big city. It's in the realm of Valkara, which we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. It, it's where uh, Jarek's dad, Eric, is from um, in the city of Valentrell. Eric Darkhub. <laughs> it's it's a realm that if you're if you've listened to season two, Marcasia, it's right above Marcasia. So um, that's so I think if if it's OK with you, then we can say Melbourne was with the City Watch at some point. Anastasia and her party, which included Theo, came into Valentrell. And that's where you kind of that's where you sort of met up with them and, and saw, saw their abilities. And you're like, oh, are you guys adventurers? And, and you sort of became enamored with the adventurer life because maybe City Watch life was too rigid and. Yeah, the the sort of the path I had in mind for for Melbourne leaving the city was that he got he sort of became enamored with the idea of protecting truth and beauty, Mm -hmm. nature, all that stuff. 
Um, and then I, I like the idea of him not knowing what to do with that until he runs into Anastasia yeah. and the and company that, that I works think, very well. And, and like on the flip side of that, there's probably a dark side to like, he was, he was, he wanted to protect truth and beauty, but in the city watch, what do you think he saw that like the city watch was not what he thought. Maybe there was something darker that, you know, they were used for something else. Like, what do you think? I don't want to get too political there. Uh, but, no, no, I mean, let's... But, but yeah, I just figure, you know, he, he didn't much like the way the City Watch was being run. Uh, I, I view him as being city born and bred, right? He didn't really yeah, believe. Yeah. So uh, if Valentrell is a big city, which sounds like it, it's, mm-hmm. it is, that's perfect. Um, and so he he's basically been sheltered inside this city and he only knows city life be like somebody grew up in manhattan and never went anywhere else right (laughs) um and then yeah actually went out saw some nature (laughs) saw got out got out of his element and was like oh this is what life is um and and then he came back to the city you know that was like on a vacation or something and he came back and he had to go back to like clubbing people over the head and he's like oh, <laughs> i don't want to do this yeah no parking here <laughs> you can't stand in the street go on move along um did he have any kind of a mentor or anybody that helped him like in the city watch or maybe outside like somebody like you said he's oath of the agent so somebody that maybe led him towards more of a a nature-based um path of of worship or or belief i hadn't thought about that uh it's a good idea. I um, should say before you answer is that Valentrell is a um, is known for its trade of uh, fishing and lumber. It's also got a couple of like wineries and breweries. So it's kind of meant it has a lot of, um, you know, fermentation uh, d- distributions and stuff like that. But it's also specifically it's known for not allowing magic. Mm. Um uh, at least in the upper section, uh, there's also, but Valentrell is also kind of known for a seedy underbelly. So like anybody that wants to use magic and, and do things that are not allowed because the city watch is very large. And, uh, because the council that runs the city, um, uh, is very strict about, you know, certain things that are allowed. So if you want to do certain things like that and you have to go in the underground, what if there was um, like an old former druid or something, mm-hmm. uh, like a retired druid that lives in the city, um, in that in that in the underground, and he's uh, someone that I ran into in policing that area, um, yeah. and then that I like that because, uh, what was your character's name again, Jeff Theo? Theo. 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 You know, since you're a druid, you know that would give us a, a it would give me an affinity to you naturally. Well, well, what about this? What if what if you guys met? before you would have taken an oath and he is the druid like he's already oh, yeah. at level two level three or whatever and you just became enamored with theo who was very like yeah i'll tell you about life and <laughs> um, I love that. yeah i like the idea that you guys already have a bond um mm-hmm. when we meet and maybe that's it you know like you you kind of like you're not going to be a druid but you can kind of believe in the power of nature and because paladins don't necessarily have to believe in a god but but they can believe in something they should believe in like uh a a a mission or a you know sort of a better whatever better life or yeah and i did pick out a couple goddesses that he i don't know if worship is the right thing but he 
he he likes them because he they, takes yeah. inspiration from them. Yeah, yeah. because they're they're the I, I looked up the the nature, uh, yeah, gods. In do you remember who they are? Yeah, I got Eldath, who's like the green goddess. Uh, Shanti Shanto, I don't know how to pronounce that. Who's the great mother green green goddess? And then I like her salad Mailiki. dressing. Yeah, Melora. I think it's Myliki is the last one. Who's like the forest queen? Mm. I liked I liked all of them. They seemed reasonable as okay. characters. I think those are the ones. We'll probably pick one yeah. if we want to go with so, that. I mean, you don't have to have Eldath like, is like the main one. I think that yeah. he is pr- probably striving towards, and then he he's not, um, but he's not uh, he's not monotheistic. <laughs> sure, guys. Why okay. isn't why isn't Wizards of the Coast contracting with a brewery to make like beers that are named after the gods in these pantheons? Because <laughs> like, I would a hundred percent drink a beer that was named after a goddess and like. You would just like match up. Join us for our new podcast, Wizards of the Toast, where we talk about you guys. <laughs> you guys, I got a strategy for them. You call me; I'll, I'll hook you guys. We talk up. about each each episode. We talk about a potential beer or wine yeah. or drink, um, um, microbrew that that could be made based on um, some sort of D and D monster. Sort of or class. Yeah, it's got it's yeah. got to fit in there. And how does it? How does it? Beholder work? brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Mind flare stout. Yeah. <laughs> That'll blow your mind. <laughs> oh my gosh. Chromatic ale. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> We're going to come up with all these different new podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so good. Oh, so, so you guys know each other. Um, I, I like that idea. If that's cool. Um, that you kind of met in Valentrell, you kind of took your inspiration. You took, picked your oath. At that point, you had some adventures. You sort of did the things that knights do around, not necessarily in Volcara, but maybe you went outside of that. You kind of traveled around a bit. Um, I like the idea that this sort of stereotypical blonde hair, blue eyed paladin guy looks up to an orc. I that yeah. that that works very well for this character. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so at some point, this is my idea for kind of how you came to where you are now at some point in your, in your journeys, um, the, uh, let me find this. Okay. So you traveled with Anastasia and you also traveled with, um, a two other, two other knights that were brought in to your ranks that Anastasia was already traveling with. Their names were Corbear, who was a dwarf fighter and, um, uh, Rayla, who is a half elf rogue, and uh, that's a female, and uh, and they um, were with you. And then at one, at some point, there was the great turmoil. So after that happened, and after you guys got word of that, almost the same night, you camped out at some point, and in the middle of the night, two of your ranks, Corbear and Rayla, turned on you in your sleep. Um, there was a struggle. All of you kind of were fighting you guys both woke up and realized that the two of them were trying to kill Anastasia and you managed to fight them off, uh, killing Corbear in your sleep or in, sorry, killing Corbear. Um, <laughs> you did it in your sleep. It was so easy. Yeah. No, you, you, you <laughs> Corbear, Corbear fell in battle, the dwarf fighter, but Rayla got away. Um, but not without, um, uh, 
providing a fatal blow to Anastasia, your sort of knight mentor, and she did not survive. On her dying breath, Anastasia told you both this, that this is going to be a trying time in in the realms, and you need to go back to seek out someone in Valentrell. The name that she gave you is Drake Bloodmoon. Hmm. It's a cool name. So that's that's what you know. And then unfortunately after that she died. So she passed. So you are left with a name and a mission, and you were kind of further away. Um, you weren't even in Valkara at the time, so it it's taken you a couple of months from that point um to to make it and you were also kind of hunting a little bit for the half elf um uh Rayland uh, Rayla that they got away but but she's a rogue so she was very tricky and they weren't able to find her damn um, you villain you, f- you you thought you found her a couple times but she was just one step ahead of is you is that the voice uh, that's the voice <laughs> god <laughs> you uh, fiend come back here how <laughs> dare <know> you <laughs> It's like uh, Marvin the Martian and um, yeah, who did you who did you say is. earlier, Chris? Uh, the Dudley Do Right. Yeah, Dudley Do. Yeah. It's like if mesh them up. There's actually a character that I posted about this on Facebook. He's like, ho ho, and I'm like, I cannot think of who that is. But he's like this. It's it was like this one note bit character somewhere that keeps popping in my head every time I do that voice, and I'm like, perfect. I'm just gonna. Oh. Well, I I don't know. <laughs> so yes, this is his voice. Excellent. <laughs> And do I you made have sure a voice. I can actually keep it up. Unlike some of the do other you have ones. a voice for Theo yet? <sighs> no, I'm. Jeff? You guys know. So, so you guys know I will say, I'm terrible at voices. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I will say just because thinking about physicality, yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably he's probably not going to sound like well, this. Huh? Because, <laughs> because I mean, he could. He could sound like anything. But just just as a you know, can what, can you do a lower? This is my friend, Melbourne. Me and nature go back many years. That's good. Ooh, that is nature. turning. Okay, Melvin. Tell me more about that. Ooh, amazing. Uh, is that a tree? Yes, Melvin. There's and lots the of trees. Patient, you're the most patient person, Theo, but like some for some reason. Okay, but here's the thing. We can't. You played Celius, and Celius was sort of the butt of the jokes because he was like, oh, this guy. But we can't have another character, Matt, from you that's like, this guy. <laughs> oh, but why not? <laughs> You'll find it. It's fine. And uh, we're not. I'm not going to harp I, on you about you accents. Know, I, that's not your strong I suit, but, but, but you have many other strong suits in, in role play. Uh, God, I hope so. Uh, so real, real briefly to, to kind of wrap this up, um, let's, uh, or just to kind of go to the, the last thing we're going to do here is let's go through your characters. So Jeff, let's go through mm-hmm. Theo first. And I'm, I'm looking at, uh, the character, uh, character sheet mm-hmm. as it were. And let's just kind of go through some of your abilities. We don't have to go through spells cause that, that'll be more just like in play, mm-hmm. but just more of like, if there's specific things that you have like as a, like what, what circle druid are you? And that's yeah. Yeah. So I'll start with the um, feats that I took. So um, the first one I have is the animal handler. 
um, which yeah. I'm proficient in and will um, let me as a bonus action command a friendly beast within 60 feet that I can, that can hear me. Um, so it gives me a little okay. more command of animals um, in there. And do you, do you have to roll for that or uh, let me see. Oh, I see. You can it. use a bonus um, action on your turn to command one friendly beast within 60 feet that you can hear that isn't currently following the command of someone else. Gotcha. As long as they're friendly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I figure for, and anyway, I think it'll all kind of cascade together that I'll be pretty um, strong with animals with some of the other abilities. And then the other feat I took was medic, which um, gives me bonus to the medicine skill. And then during, this is pretty cool. During a short rest, I can clean and bind the wounds of up to six willing beasts and humanoids on a DC 15 wisdom check. For each creature on a success, if a creature spends a hit die during this rest, that creature can forego the roll and instead regain the maximum number of hit points that the die oh, can nice. restore. So That's it, dope. yeah, it just like bonuses up everybody to take the max hit hit it's dice. It's like hit. a really good bandage job. It's like I'm gonna make this super clean and yeah. you know, cauterize the wound, <laughs> just everything. Yeah. That's really don't cool. Move, don't move. I'll fix it. Here we go. Your your short short rest. Uh, oh yeah. Power. That's yeah yeah. That's, and do you, can you, you don't ever lose that is, is that's just like a automatic, like that's not like so many times per day or yeah. What you just have that ability. Uh, yeah. A creature can only can do so only once per rest, regardless of how many hit die it okay. spends. So I, I couldn't, I don't, doesn't seem like you could do it. If they have a max of eight, they get eight, but if they do another hit die, then that's up to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I looked at medic, and I think that was what exactly what it was. Is if okay, they, yeah, that's cool. You can only apply it to somebody until they've rested. Yeah, but it's up to six people, so if it's like after a yeah, fight, it makes sense, right? Yeah, Th- yeah, that's great, and it and it makes it so like if you roll two ones on your hit die, it's like oh, that's terrible. <laughs> but at least at least they're going to get one that's max, which is great. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So that's your two feats. Um, and then for the circle, I went with circle of the shepherd. Mm-hmm. which obviously was like a match made in heaven for us. It's perfect. And yeah. um, two things that are pretty cool that it will give me. So, um, well, a few things it'll give this me. This is are, from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah. And so the first thing is I'll be able to uh, speak and read Sylvan. Beasts can understand my speech and I gain the ability to, to decipher their no, their noises and motions um, so like just more in tune with like, maybe I'm not speaking to them necessarily, but being able to really get in tune with what they're feeling or if they're anxious or what's going on with them. Um, so being able to read the animals and so is it, is it essentially speak with animals? Cause there is a spell speak with animals. It, 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 I mean, are we saying it's not, it says most beasts lack the intelligence to convey or understand sophisticated concepts, but a friendly beast could relay what it has seen or heard in the recent past. Okay. Kind of like interview, like with Lassie is how I kind of feel like, did someone fall in the whale boy? Roof. Which way did they go? You know, <laughs> okay, that sure. way, so you know, able to read signals no matter what kind of beast it is. Yeah. Or animal. Uh, yeah. I think it's, like, if you were, they can like communicate, but they can't yeah, yeah. talk. They can't talk. All right. Yeah. I want to make sure we're clear with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just kind of like if, if we found a wounded animal, it could be like, where did it, what was it? You know, wolves. And it's like, or, or you, it, you would be probably like, I might have you, it doesn't 
require any roles, but I might say like, you get the sense from yeah, your it, speech of the woods is that th- this, this animal is in, is in peril. Like it's been through some sort of trauma yeah, or like, or it's, 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 over it's really happy or something like that. Yeah. Or it's kind of conveying that it's, it's, uh, it keeps looking East and you're getting the sense that it's probably something. Yeah. East. Yeah. For or, sure. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So speech of the woods. That's nice. And then, um, I get a spirit totem. Um, which is kind of like just a little buffer, like a summon a, an animal spirit that kind of just has a 60 foot um, uh, sphere around us. And it kind of gives some uh, bonuses here. So I could take three different spirits, the bear spirit, the hawk spirit, or the unicorn spirit. And I really like the unicorn spirit. That's probably the one I'll use the most. And it says the unicorn spirit lends its protective, its protection to those nearby. You and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures in the spirit's aura. In addition, if you cast a spell with a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura, each creature of your choice in the aura also regains hit points equal to your druid level. So if I had that and then cast like a heal wounds, everybody would get, um, you know, plus nine. Everybody would get nine uh, bonus points or hit points. So like it would just be this like big healing circle, um, which I think kind of fits into like his battlefield specialty. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it says you can gain advantage on uh, ability checks to detect creatures within the aura. So what's, what's the aura is it's, it's 60 feet. Uh, oh, 60 yeah, feet. So if the 30 foot, I mean like if they're in, if you're in battle and you're fighting creatures, then everybody would know where they are if they're hiding. Mm-hmm. Now, druids also get wild shape, but you're you're kind of sort of take that in a slightly different uh, slightly different direction as well. Yeah. And so the thing that it's called is summon nature's ally. So um, where I will be at at this level, um, kind of just like summoning in a spell, um, I can cast up to a CR one animal and it can be a, a flying animal, too. So I could summon up to a like a giant eagle, um, which would be uh, pretty awesome in some situations. And they, they get to last for um, a few hours. Number of hours equal to half your druid level, mm-hmm. rounded down, yeah. so it be four hours. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing, this wouldn't apply to them, I wouldn't think, but um, the next thing up in the uh, Circle of the Shepherd is Mighty Summoner, which actually through reading this is how I was like, oh, well, I want to be a summoner. Um, so yeah. at sixth level, um, things I summon get uh, some buffs. So creature appears with more hit points than normal, two extra hit points per hit die it has, and the damage from its natural weapons is considered magical for the purposes of overcoming immunity and nice. non-magical damage. So like stuff that magical I... Magical talents, yeah, magical bite. Like it's just, you know, could take That's out right. all kinds of stuff. So like... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped about summoning stuff, and I've I've so made my as far as hit points. That. You already have like they they already have their hit points with a buff. Yeah, so they'll when I summon them, they'll come in stronger. Two points, okay, per hit die. I think the main thing. And your background was um, clan crafter. Um, just clan crafter was there anything in that? I mean, their proficiencies obviously dwarvish. Um, you speak Sylvan. Uh, history, insight, proficiencies, um, respect of stout folk. 
Yeah, so my old... You always have free room and board in any place with shield dwarves and gold dwarves dwell, okay. Yeah, see, that's kind um, of more specific to, like, a specific... A specific clan? I'm just thinking more like he has... He's like a tradesperson. Like, he knows how to shear a sheep and then turn that into uh, cloth and wool and, like, knows how to do... So, like, I gave him some... If this is all right, like, in the equipment, he has, like, weaver's tools and yeah. like some different things like that. I think he would also Lo- looming looming tools yeah, like, maybe or you you knit. Yeah. Like he just knows how to do that <laughs> stuff because that's what you do when you have Sure. I sheep mean if and, you're working with wool, you're going to know how to right, knit. Right. So. Cuz you have to turn it into something. And um I like the idea of instead of dwarf specifically, maybe it's like there's like a a realm farmer card or something like like there's some sort of yeah. like like any place that farms, you can stay with a farmer or like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one thing, too, I know him traveling, uh, you know, with Rebecca, I mean, he's going to want to be, uh, you know, collecting sheep's milk and making sheep's milk cheese out of that, you know. And so uh, that's kind of. Oh, it's so delicious. <laughs> yes, it's, yeah, it takes a lot of craft to do those things that we have here. My my bit is I'm just going to do many, a different accent. craft. A new craft. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that was kind of the idea behind that. Is I, I was thinking he's you know always like making something like in the off time. It's like oh, a couple more stitches of this, and like he's like made like a sweater or something. It's like I'll have some cheese, and you know I'll send you off with a little gift basket. You know. Oh my gosh! So yeah, that's so cute. The 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 clash of cultures that's going to happen with some of these other characters is going to be amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's uh deidre yenny and um jarek igneous. Oh, igneous that's right igneous. yes oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what I'm, you know what? i'm not since igneous is there i'm not gonna try and do an accent i'm just gonna make my voice a little lower and slower yeah 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 i think the cadence thing is probably the big if you can get that in there just the, talk just with little gaps little, yeah. gap in yeah. between yeah, I mean, here and there, here and there, with a deeper voice. That's what I did with Branch, except I just threw eh. You can go, oi, I think maybe oi. You gotta have a sound so you can drop into it, so you can drop into Maybe he's just constantly hiccuping, like, well. I think the breaths and the breaths and the gap, like, I mean, that, that's kind of like he's trying to think of the words. And is, is, is common his native language? Did he grow up speaking Orcish or whatever first? Because then that also might explain why he has the bit of that, that pause. To it's, it's probably Orcish, and then he learned common, then he learned Sylvan through yeah. study. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that yeah. his uh his clan was so like isolated. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they would have been doing business with people. I think that's what, you know, whenever traders would come by and be like, Oh, I wonder where they're going. I wonder what they're up to. Um mm-hmm. he's got a bit of a curious nature to him. So yeah. So yeah. And awesome. um oh, do we want to talk about the items? Sure. Yeah. Tell us about the item. So I so I told Matt and Jeff to pick out, uh, I think, two lower level magical items like or or some sort of interesting oddball items, you know, that would just be kind of interesting to have in addition to their normal equipment that they got from their background and 
ancestry and class. Uh, and or they could have um, uh, and or I think um, they could have one additional like higher level rare magical item just because at this point level nine they probably have seen some stuff and they're going to find or be acquired or be given or something like that uh a a higher a rare magical item of some kind so what did you pick so um with with your permission um (laughs) uh first is uh boots of the winterlands uh are just a uh like resistance to cold damage, ignore difficult terrain on ice or snow, and then tolerate temperatures as low as negative 50. Um, I don't know if he needs the resistance to cold damage, but I'm just thinking like, you know, being, uh, being out, he would have had a good pair of boots. Yeah, that's fine. That makes okay. sense. Um, and for his like, uh, curiosity item, I found, um, bag, the bag of beans. Oh yeah, uh, I know the bag yeah. Of beans. So yeah, it's sure. there's like a bunch of these random beans, and then you can uh, plant them and wait a minute and water them, and then like random things happen. So I'll just read a couple of examples from <laughs> the things that could happen. Uh, no wait, hold on, hold or, on. I, I I don't want you to say okay. any of them. I just okay. I have there a is bag a bag of beans. of beans. If you want to look it up, look it up. But but if you haven't experienced bag of beans, great. Then well, then get ready for. <laughs> Perfect. The Jeff Frank special. I'm just, gonna try very hard not to look this up just because I want to be surprised. Just I would say just don't forget about don't it. Don't forget. You know, like I'm not gonna be like, dude, you have anything you want to plant before <laughs> anything you anything to plant? Like, um <laughs> it's Jeff. He had ball bearings. I mean, come on. He's gonna yeah, he's yeah. gonna use it. Hey, I also um, got a bunch okay. of other kits and stuff, no, I, so I could And then what else what else do you All right? Have? So my other main thing was um Staff of the Woodlands, which I will if that would be a replacement for his like quarterstaff shank, uh, shepherd's crook thing. Um, it's a magic quarterstaff plus two bonus to attack and damage. Uh, it has 10 charges and some of the spells it could do are, uh, animal friendship, awaken bark skin, locate animals or plants, speak with animals, speak with plants or wall of thorns are the, um, things that you can do. And also really cool is you can take an action and you can plant it into, um, you can plant the staff into the ground and it will turn into a giant tree. And then, uh, you can like unturn it into a tree like later and like pick it up. So like, if you wanted to make a tree, (laughs) turn the staff into a tree, but that doesn't stay there. No, it will like, it will untree and revert to the staff. Huh. Yeah. I was like, that's, 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 that's kind of random, but, but super cool. Yeah. What if you cut off, like, what if you cut down the tree or like, and it has a little dividend well, or something? Yeah. It says, it says it has a faint aura of transmutation. So like somebody that could use detect magic could see it, you know, but if they don't know that, then if they try to cut the tree, then it would probably just end the spell or, you know, well, well, we'll find I, out we'll if find somebody out. tries to cut the tree. Yeah. You um, break off I a think that's, for kindling I think that's and... good. That's a, that's a pretty powerful, um, it's a rare item. So I like that. And it's got charges. So you have to kind of manage that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's good. And it's like, you know, cer- certain things require more charges than others. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. I don't think so it'll you, be you anything. Kinda like, yeah. Just like, it might be nice to speak with plants or do a, uh, one of the other little random things at some point. Mm-hmm. I just have to remember that well, it's yeah, there. You got your, you have your speak with animals and you have, um, 
you have animal friendship. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure awaken. Uh, so that that's a really cool spell, um, which is basically oh, is that the like bring a plant to life yeah. or bring an object to life or something? Yeah, yeah I, I do remember that. Um, which that's is cool. really cool. So. Yeah. I watched a great video. Hey, little. <laughs> there was a great TikTok I saw the other day where someone was like walking through some weird things you could do with awaken and transmutation and some other things to like be really messed up. Oh, it was true nice. polymorph and awaken and like the, hor- the 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 horror that could come from that. Yeah. Oh boy. No, you are a chair. What? <laughs> <laughs> and just just on a side note, uh, I I saw you put ring of the ram in uh, there. Yeah, Is I that- think I'm gonna take that out. Uh, I. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's probably one or the other. So like a, a staff or the yeah, ring, but I think but, the staff's better. The 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 ram yeah. is just you just like it's green a, lantern it's just force damage, yeah, force but, damage, which it also seems a little out of character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah, but you can say I would say the staff is your is your quarter staff. Yeah. Um, so I mean it it you know it's gonna do the d eight plus plus two so. All right. Uh, awesome. So that is Theo. Let's hear about Melbin. Matt, tell us about Melbin's kind of special abilities as a paladin. All right. So let's see. So he's got your sort of standard paladin things. He's got divine sense and lay on hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said not to go into spells, so I won't go into all those. Uh, I think- yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll figure out spells, I think, during gameplay yeah. um, just to kind of keep it interesting. Um, I picked the dueling fighting style. Okay. Um, so that gives me a plus two bonus to damage rolls with a weapon. As long as I only have one weapon, a one-handed weapon and no other weapons in my hand, then I'm good, uh, which is what I've been going with. Um, mm-hmm. I, and then um, I'll skip. I'm actually going to jump to my feet because it goes along with that, which is I, I picked Shield Master as my feet. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so he's going to be a shield plus hammer. Um, and actually, I wanted to ask you, uh, well, well, we'll come... When we get to the items, I have some I have some things I wanted to, to mix up a little bit. Um, <clears throat> where was I? Okay, so dueling gives me all that fun stuff. Shield master's good. Uh, under my oath, I've got uh, the oath of the ancients. I've got nature's wrath that lets me use channel divinity to um, effectively ensnare people, uh, <laughs> ensnare creatures within ten feet yeah. of me. And uh, it's kind of like kind of like a. Not grasping vine, but but it's like difficult terrain and makes it makes it hard to. Yeah, but it actually restrains them. It doesn't. Just, oh, it restrains them. Okay, yeah. great. Within ten feet. Okay, yep. yeah. And then there's they turn. Have to make a save. Okay. Yeah. And then there's turn the faithless, which uh, just, like turn undead, but uh, I could use it on fey or fey and fiends. That's what that hmm. one was, um, which I thought was interesting. Okay, uh, so not not undead, but yep. So something different to play with. Huh. Uh, okay. And then uh, get the extra attack, which will be fun. Um, and then Aura of Protection. So whenever yeah. a friendly creature within 10 feet of me makes a saving throw, they get a bonus that's equal to my Charisma modifier, which is plus four. <laughs> nice. Um, if I'm awake. Uh, if I'm asleep, doesn't count. Right. And then, so you'll have to remind people like, oh, plus four because you're within 10 feet. Yeah. And then aura of warding, uh, oh. which is where to go. Uh, me and friendly creatures within 10 feet of me have resistance to damage from spells. So he's a nice, he's a wow. nice, n- nice tank. Uh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I, I like this character. So they have to be close to you. And if they're close to you within 10 feet, then they get 
basically like half damage. Yeah, half damage from spells. They from get their, spells. Yeah, and okay. then they get uh, they get the plus four to the saving throws. So if you're close to me, uh, wow, <laughs> that's 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 cool. I, I think um, yeah, I think you and um, uh, Yeti and Iggy are gonna be uh, good friends. Just just the three of you just charging in and going crazy yeah. on something. And I've got like twenty AC. So. Oh boy. Um, so, so what, tell us about the items that you picked out. Okay. So, um, and, and your weapons that you're going to be using. Cause if you're dueling, you'll have like a, a big weapon and a small weapon. No, uh, not dual do D U A L D U E L. Uh, oh, okay. so it's one, one handed weapon and a shield oh, in gotcha. my case. Okay. Uh, if I have another weapon, it actually, that plus two goes away. So I can only have one, one handed weapon. Um, gotcha. so I have a Warhammer as my Warhammer plus one is is what I picked for that. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to see if I wanted to kind of go with like Stormbreaker for that and have an mm-hmm. axe on one uh, like a war axe on one side, hammer on the other because yeah. I just really dig that. So you get the absolutely bludgeoning on one side, slashing on the other. Seems yeah, fun. let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. And then his shield, I went with a Sentinel shield, but I want to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I think just from how it looks, but in general, like it gives you advantage on initiative rolls and wisdom checks. Uh, perception checks specifically there there is a shield it's more for flavor that's like shield of faces or something like that where you can like change the look of it every time Mm. um which i thought was always kind of fun so maybe you could do something where it's like it it you could change the shield's color you could change what it like the the texture of it like uh, shield bark or shield or you could uh shield water (laughs) you could put a like a classical painting on it since you're since you like beauty and because uh, yeah, otherwise it's just like an eye and I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't dig that as a, like aesthetically for him. So yeah, yeah we'll I, I like the idea that. of like doing some sort of like, it, it can give you like a, a plus to stealth or it can, you know, uh, I'd say like there's some sort of defense bonus, like, like makes it like you, you'd say mirror or something like that. And then it's like, they have disadvantage to hit you, but it's a reaction or something like that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm fine. Can, I'm fine with just the initiative advantage on the. On the oh, shield, yeah, that's if good. we want. That's good, too. Um, but I just don't want it to look the way they described it. <laughs> you can have it look however you want. Awesome. And if it's something cool that doesn't matter, like like I can change the color or whatever I want to change it to, then, then we'll go do for that. that. Too. Cool. And then um, the or other... Give off a center. <laughs> and then the other thing I have, since I'm a human, I want Because it's have... a sentinel shield. See? Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a scent with a C. A, a sentinel. SC sentinel. Oh, boy. What is that odor? And, and then it could be something oh, nature sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's giving off the scent of lilacs. Do you Today smell it's the rosemary. Daffodils? How about the- yeah, and, right, and I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a uh, a wild wild scent smell chart. chart. <laughs> yeah, and then every day you'll roll and we'll see what it is. Oh no, it smells like musk. You, you don't need to make a chart. Just get the the uh, Jelly Belly list of flavors, and that's <laughs> that's what it is. Mm, today it's popcorn, fresh cut grass, oh, no. yeah. Yeah. boogers. The cool thing with the shield shield master is I get to shove people with my shield if I. Yeah, attack. that's a great ability. That'll be fun. And then okay, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay, what no does? worries. And then the other uh, the other magic item I picked was um, oh, and I my my warhammer and battle axe are just plus warhammer battle axe ham axe thing is plus one. But then I picked goggles of night since I'm human. I want to be able to have some dark vision, but I don't like. I, I want to put it in a helm if that's if that's cool. Same idea, okay. but just basically it just gives you dark vision if when you're wearing it. 
Okay, so like a so you're wearing a helm in, in battle, but they have sort of dark vision lenses. <laughs> yeah, because the goggles just don't suit his character at all. But otherwise, that yeah. cool. That'll be interesting to draw. <laughs> yeah. So and it looks like between uh, Theo and Melbin, we're gonna have a fair bit of healing uh, available to people. So that'll be nice. You're gonna need it. <laughs> I, I believe that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying that because it sounded cool. I have no idea what you guys are going to go up against, but dragons, nothing but dragons. At level nine. You never know. Mm, yeah. You could throw you some never know. Stuff. So I guess that's a good thing to end on, uh, is as players. And I've kind of, we've talked about this a little offline, but, um, is there anything, you know, based on what we've done so far, like enemies we haven't fought types of things we haven't done or, or things that you would want to do. I know Matt, you kind of mentioned something in our Discord, but what 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 things would you like to see in this season, season five of Knights of the Roll Table? I mean, I can go into what I talked about in the Discord yeah. if you want. Yeah. So I, what I was saying there was basically, it would be nice to see us being able to use our out of combat abilities more, like some more scenarios like that. The 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 escape from what was the name of the city? Skill, we all skill checks. From? Yeah, the skill check thing we did the top of skill season challenge. two. Skill challenge, yeah. That was awesome. Things like that, especially with like what Jeff's character is going to have. It'd be really fun to see uh, to, to things that are going to make us have to think out of the box, but outside of combat um, is always fun. So more challenges outside of combat was really, that's always my favorite bit. I definitely agree with that. I, I like skill challenges. I'm, I know we, we kind of did two or three of those in, in, uh, in, in season two. And I, and I was trying to do, uh, ones where it wasn't just like, it's a competition, you know? <laughs> um, although that happened once or twice. So, but yeah, I, I like the idea of like incorporating that a little bit more. And, uh, that's a great, great suggestion. Jeff, anything? Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to just not editing. <laughs> like you do, you do whatever you want. If I don't got to open audition for another, uh, few months, I am, I am perfectly I happy. Uh, I got your back. <laughs> Yeah, um honestly I I love making characters. So if you want to kill my character and let me make a new one, uh <laughs> I love making characters. It's it's the honestly the funnest part to me is like thinking of a character like looking at some skills, coming up with a character, mm-hmm. coming up with a story, um like figuring out a way that like they make sense to themselves and to give them some things to look yeah. for and and do. Um so yeah, um either really anything I, you know, I, I've always always pleased with what, uh, you guys come up with and, uh, we, I know it's going to be great. So I don't have any specific requests. Yeah. Um, well that's cool. Uh, we'll definitely make it interesting. And I, I, my only thing is just go for those interesting choices. Like, I mean, we can always play off the book, but I think the best moments that we've had in the podcast, as players and as, as listeners, you know, when we listen to it is, is when it's like, let me do this crazy thing that I don't think this is going to work or uh, let, can I try this ability? Or I don't even know if this does this or, you know, like stuff like that is always the most fun because when it works, it's amazing. And when it fails, it's also amazing. <laughs> so if it just, well, I'm going to hit it again, then, then we kind of feel that, you know, redundancy. But, but if it's something kind of crazy, you know, maybe there's other things to do besides attack as your action. Like you can hide, you can help, you can, 
You can run. <laughs> All of our, our our way of approaching the, what was it, a castle at the end of season one? And we had the camel, and we had the jumping, and we had the arrow that gravely yeah, shot yeah, that yeah. managed to just... That kind of thing is, yeah. is so great. I love that. Like, I remember that better than I remember anything else. Um, yeah. That's great. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Jeff and Matt, for joining me on Session Zero. Um, and... The other thing I'm going to say, and this is going to come out probably after we've record, recorded the first session, but uh, for the first session, it's actually just going to be us three. Mm. So the others are not going to be joining us right away. Mm. It's going to start with you two, and uh, they're not going to be joining until at some point later. They will be joining us, but we're going to start with Theo and Melbourne and at some point we will run into these other characters, but I'm not going to say when. So they'll have a little bit of a break. Um, but, and then we might run into some other characters, but it'll give a chance for like a smaller party dynamic. And then we'll, we'll see what happens when you guys run into, um, or if you run into, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll make it to that point. <laughs> Melvin, so. let's just give up this life and uh, <laughs> we can just start a farm over here. What do you say? Ooh, yeah. that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> oh, boy, what have I done? <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Knights of the Roll Table, and go out and make life an adventure. We'll see you next time, and listen to Season 5! Oh.